I'm chuffed to bits you're here. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, love. I hope you had a lovely Thanksgiving holiday. If you are here in the U.S. of A, we did here in Brooklyn. If you follow me on Instagram, you have seen that we got our tree up. Oh, how magical does the living room look when it is decorated for the holidays? I just can't get over it every year. You also saw that we have started a Harry Potter marathon in our house. Um, Fun fact, Jeremy was homeschooled and raised without cable. So there's a lot of pop culture things that he missed out on. And one of them is Harry Potter. He has never read the books. He has never watched the movies. So we are three films in so far. And he can report that he's enjoying them very much, which is super exciting because we go home for the holidays. My niece, Devin, just read the first Harry Potter book and watched the first film. So I think she's going to be very excited that Uncle Jeremy can uh, relate with her on that. So today is a bit of a part two. Last week's episode set the scene for traveling during a busy season and lessons in simplifying how to feel empowered instead of like a victim when there's a lot on your plate. And today continues with dispatches from Nashville, Tennessee and Charleston, South Carolina, where I decided to take you along with me for a week in the life episode. As I was curious what I might discover to share with you on getting things done, organization, priorities, work-life balance, essentialism. And this week I chose to track, which was a week and a half ago now, felt like a good one because I was traveling, something that I know many of you ask a lot of questions about when it comes to how much do I work when I'm away and It's not a rare, true holiday trip. It is a working remotely trip, which is how it is most of the time when I travel. And I'm curious if this might inspire or enlighten you to consider how your priorities and weeks and rhythms look like as we head into a new year for fresh starts and wrap up a present year where some of you, like me, may be feeling a bit behind or like you are scrambling to get things done before the year ends. So listen in as I take you behind the scenes of my week and see what it teaches, encourages, and inspires you for your own. It is Monday morning in Nashville, Tennessee, and I shared in the last episode that I came down for two events that happened on Friday, and you already heard how I had waffled a lot over the weekend on how much to cancel this week and ultimately what I decided. So now we have arrived at Monday. I woke up at 7 a.m., and immediately I spent 45 minutes on Instagram. And I would love to say that I have a morning routine, but I realize that most often my rhythm is akin to this. I opened up and was posting stories of things that had happened the day before that I hadn't gotten to the last night. I'm replying to comments on four posts. I've been testing posting more often because of the news that likes is going to be disappearing, our ability to see other people's likes. Um, It's allowing me a little bit more freedom to feel like I don't need to post and have as much time to make sure that likes get to a certain level. I can post more often knowing that my photos are going to get less likes overall, but I'm less worried about it. So that means I have more posts to go back and reply to the comments on. Instagram is all me replying when it comes to my comments, when it comes to my DMs, unless they're a specific customer service question that my team can answer. That for me is because you and I can't chat here on the podcast. I don't see emails. I have a team that manages my email inbox. So Instagram is my place with you, and um, I am doing it 
now first thing in the morning because I have a big work day. So I would rather knock it out. And I know if I don't do it in the morning all day, I'm kind of going to be like, oh, I feel a little guilty of it. Like, oh, I should have feel a little shame. Like I should have posted on Instagram and spent some time with you guys. So then I spent a quick 30 minutes getting ready. I thought I would be working by 8 a.m., but didn't account for that time on Instagram. So somehow it is almost nine by the time I'm seated. I've ordered breakfast. I'm down in the uh, restaurant in the hotel lobby and I'm ready to get to work. And I start by debating, do I get organized on Asana or do I focus on a big project? So Asana is our project management app that we use. And I, being a Monday, I have put a lot of things there. Also, I was traveling and I was speaking. So a lot of things have been piling up Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So do I sit down and spend an hour organizing everything and saying this can get delegated over here and this can get done next week and this is a lower priority? Or do I just say, I do know what my biggest priority is. I'm going to go ahead and dive right into it. Now, this is when, in all transparency, I wish that I already had my Elegant Excellence journal that I have created for myself and you, and they are being printed as we speak, and therefore I don't have it in my hands. But this is one of the reasons that I created it is because of this constant feeling on Monday of I'm not even sure quite where to start, and I I feel stumped. I don't even quite know where to begin. So now because of the beta version of the journal that I have, I've created some better rhythms with my team. Usually I don't have this feeling on Mondays, but when we get into a busy season and because all the new content I created in the journal doesn't exist in the beta one, I myself am still in that like, gosh, I can't wait for it to arrive. So I'm just excited as those of you who have ordered and who've been DMing me are. So I decide that I'm going to work on the big project because I have a window of 90 minutes until my uh, CEO, Franklin, who lives in Nashville. So we're going to be able to co-work this week. It's one of the reasons why I am in in town for a few extra days. We're going to be able to co-work and he'll be getting here in 90 minutes. So let me work on the big project that is not a collaborative project, which is the content that I uh, am creating for some workshops that I'm teaching now, when you are listening to this on Wednesday, they are happening tomorrow and Friday. I needed to create that workshop content. So meanwhile, when Franklin arrives, he says that he has been on the phone with our email service provider, raising some hell. <laughs> that is a long technical thing I won't get into, but email open rates for my fellow entrepreneurs, little fun fact, email open rates have been plummeting for a lot of entrepreneurs throughout 2019. This is not simply that people are not opening emails as much or not as responsive in emails. It's that people truly aren't seeing the emails that they would like to see. So you sign up for something, you say that there's content that you want, and you simply aren't seeing it. It is this huge whole technical kerfuffle behind the scenes. Um, Sneak peek, we will be opening up applications for our uh, 2020 mastermind. And if you are an entrepreneur, this is the reason you want to be in a group like this because we would have been losing our minds this year, even more than we already were, if we didn't have fellow colleagues we'd been able to talk to and say, okay, this is happening to you too. All right, well, it's not something we're doing wrong then. And that was a major step. We still, a year later, are trying to dig out and figure out all the technical parts of it. But at least we haven't wondered, are we doing something wrong? I, as the CEO, have not wondered, am I doing something wrong? Because I've had other colleagues to turn to, which is huge. So I digress. Franklin is on the um, call with them. And um, 
I am working on the workshop from 9 to 10.45. And then Franklin arrives. And by the way, that workshop, it is going to be um, on designing your life and or designing your business using the tools inside the Elegant Excellence Journal, whether you own it or not. We'll be covering some of those principles, content that is not found inside the journal. So if you are a journal user, you want to be there to get this additional teaching, specifically if you are an entrepreneur, because I'm going to be doing business teaching, which is not in the journal because it is for everyone. Um, and even if you've decided that the journal isn't right for you, you can still come and get this content for free. I would love to hang out and see you. So Franklin arrives and says that the call with the email service provider was unproductive because it wasn't a high enough level person that he was talking to. So they agree to give us a call. Our team takes the time to get on the call. And then ultimately, it's like, this person can't really help us. So this is super frustrating. So meanwhile, I've gotten maybe two thirds of the way through one of two workshops. So I'm doing two different workshops. One is for entrepreneurs. One is for non-entrepreneurs because I speak to both sides of that audience. So I'm actually creating two totally separate workshops so that I can speak to those two groups. And I'm about two thirds of the way through one of them. So I guess I'm a third of the way through creating my content after the first two hours. And I already had an outline for this, by the way. I was creating this workshop as I was creating the journal. I had to think through in creating the journal, okay, what podcast episodes am I going to do? What additional teaching video content am I going to create for journal owners? What workshops do I want to teach to help kick it off? So I already had an outline. I wasn't staring at a blank page. But after two hours, I'm still only about a third of the way through. So Franklin arrives and I, yet again, feel confused as to what to do next. So again, wishing that we had the journal for this question of what do you prioritize when you have a lot of balls in the air? So we decide to pause on the workshop because that's something that I do on my own. And now that Franklin is sitting in front of me, let's do something that is more collaborative and take advantage of that time, which is working just overall with what is the offer going to be for our mastermind in the new year? What is our timeline and all of that? So we are offering the mastermind in 2020 for just the second time. We had offered a six-month version in 2019, and we asked our students for feedback. And so we plan to pour over that so we can really deep dive into how we can make it better. And one of those ways we've already identified from beginning to do this and look at theirs is the fact that it should be a year instead of six months. So it is now just a one-time mastermind that will only be um, happening once throughout the year. So in the midst of this, we get frustrating news that our journals are going to be delayed two weeks beyond what the printer told us because of their binding partners. So they don't bind the journals themselves in-house. They send them out to a binding partner and their binding partners are backed up for the holidays, which I'm like, okay, that's fine that you use a binding partner, but then why did you not account for that when you gave us this estimate and when we did our whole timeline months ago with you guys, why did you not say, oh, and then we're going to need two weeks to send it off to the binder? So I can do another podcast on the behind the scenes of creating our first physical product and all the um, things we didn't know and all the bumps and bruises. But at this point, I'm super frustrated that they aren't honoring their word, but there's nothing we can do. It's truly just like, here is the amount of time that it takes. It literally takes 10 days at the with the presses running 24-7 just for them to print off all the inside pages of the journals. And it's just like the printing press can't go any faster. So it is what it is. So it's really not, there's nothing we can really negotiate on. I can just express my displeasure and they can apologize. But it's 
pretty pointless and frustrating. So around 11, we switch gears and we start working on the sales page for the mastermind and the video that goes on that page, which further explains it. So what that really means is that in order to do that, we've got to get clear on the offer, how to how to help people self-identify if this is or isn't for them, which really means that I'm reading through those surveys of our current students and bit by bit saying, okay, so here I'm understanding that this person feels frustrated because they, they weren't helped in this way or this wasn't addressed. But that was never our promise. That was never our expectation that we were going to be able to do that. So how can I make it more clear so someone else doesn't have that inappropriate expectation, signs up, and then is disappointed that it didn't fulfill something that we, from the get-go, would never have intended to be able to fulfill? Or hearing someone say something where I say, okay, that's a great point. How can we do that better? They made suggestion number one, and then I say, okay, well, that that would mean two, and then the other point is going to be three, and then we've got four. And so really having to figure out, can we deliver on that? What all would that entail? Meanwhile, Franklin is on the phone with the printer. Um, it's still a frustrating conversation. At one point, we are like on speakerphone, both talking to him together at this um, restaurant. So then it's 1230. Now it's two more hours of going over the mastermind offer, the details, the logistics, the FAQs financial projections, expense projections. So things like, um, another sneak peek, we are offering this year three bonus live events that are only for our mastermind students. And we have never done live events or meetups of any kind because it is a huge commitment. But I just really believe that it is so important in this product of the mastermind. And because we just did a meetup with our students, here in Nashville, it just brought me so much joy. It brought me joy. It brought them joy. It was just such a high. It was such a buzz that I really was like, I want to do this more. So I'm feeling really energized that all the work that it takes to do these upfront will be worth it. And you'll hear more about that um, when we open up the applications for the mastermind. But that means that we have to have a lot of conversations about exactly how will that work? What are the places that these would be at? Are we going to feed people? Where are people going to stay? What are all the details that we need to coordinate? How much help do we need from our team? What is the cost of all of this? Same thing if we are offering more accountability. So that's something that people asked for more of in the mastermind. We really want to be able to deliver on that. But that means needing to look at, okay, so who do we need on our team? If we're going to give more accountability, what are the hours per week? What is the cost for that? What is the training for that for people to actually be able to answer the questions people are asking? What's the oversight for that, that we make sure that someone on our team isn't giving advice in an area that isn't their expertise and speaking on behalf of, of the team? It, it, it requires just a ton of pages of if this, then that and kind of um, maps going all the way through that. So I realized we can spend a lot of time talking about one tiny little suggestion that someone said or a repeating suggestion that we see and somebody has another idea and another idea. In the midst of this, we decide that we're going to have Haley, our graphic designer, approve the final proofs for that printing press to start for 10 days. We have told them to go ahead and print, but they are a little nervous about one specific area, so they just want to get us to sign off again. So I'm disappointed that this means that it's a little bit more behind, 
But I also am reticent to not take their advice and in this extra step of quality control. And therefore, I say, okay, we'll go ahead and take one more day. Send us the proofs. And because I trust Haley because she's been working side by side with me, I'm able to to send them to her apartment in Brooklyn and have her sign off instead of having them come to the hotel. Haley, fun fact, lives in Brooklyn. And most of the journal was us putting things in um, Uber pool and sending it like the five minute drive to her house where I would like walk the journals downstairs, put them in the front front door of the car and just be like, hey, somebody's going to get this on the other side, sending them over to Haley, who would then take them and be able to compare my notes. But now that I'm in Nashville, we can't both look at them. And I'm so thankful that I trust her enough to make the final call. That's huge. It's a little thing, but it's one thing that I can delegate and take off my list. So now it is 2.30. And for the next three hours, I do more of the same. So by the end of the day, it was 11 to 5.30, six and a half straight hours just to work on the sales page for the mastermind, the video that goes on that page, finalizing the pricing, FAQs, details of the offer on an offer that we've already had once. We've already offered this previously, and we've already discussed this at length. This is not by a long shot the first conversation that we've had about the 2020 version. So I would never have slated that amount of time for it, six and a half hours. But we ended the day feeling great. We are way more clear and confident in the path forward. And we've talked through a ton of details from now all the way through next December, because making a full year long commitment, that is a lot of stuff that you got to be able to cover right now of how is that ultimately going to happen. And I also realize that tasks are often as not as compartmentalized as I think. So when I say I'm going to sit down and work on the sales page today, what I'm thinking is, okay, I need to have the content done by this date so then we can get the page visually put together so then the page can be linked up over here so that then we can announce it on this date so that people can apply by this date so it closes before the holidays. So I have this timeline where I'm working backwards and I say, okay, I need to work on the content today. But what that really means is I have to have figured out the offer. I have to have answered a lot of FAQs. I have to have gone over all of the survey and taken every suggestion and really thought through, is that feasible for us to make happen? And what are, look around the corner, what are the other things that the student might not be thinking of when they say, you know what I'd love for you to do is this. And I realize, well, actually they're asking for a five-step process. Let me walk through that. And that's oftentimes why checking one thing off my list is hard for me because it's really a web. And it's why I know about myself that I need these long stretches to work. If I have a one-hour chunk, which is often when we are behind, what ends up happening on my team is it's like, okay, you've got an hour to do this. And the reality is, no, that's a six and a half hour work stretch all on one topic at the end of which I'll have multiple different pieces done, but it isn't as compartmentalized as I'm going to sit down and just write the copy for this page for an hour. And it is why I need to be co-working if someone else is chiming in on these because there's lots of little ideas and questions and queries. And so being able to actually co-work with Franklin, which we often do on video, there are definitely times when our team will spend hours just on video chat and we're all kind of doing our own thing, but it allows me to kind of pipe in and say, hey, so what do we think about <laughs> and get those questions answered as I'm going? So ultimately, I worked from the hotel all day. Franklin and I ate breakfast and lunch sitting at the same table in the restaurant in the lobby. Then we went upstairs and worked from the executive center. I never went outside. I was supposed to go to dinner with a friend, but that would require 
getting ready and I am pacing myself for this week or really this month. So sadly, I am missing that friend. I said in last week's episode, but like, ugh, this is essentialism. Wanting multiple really good things because I adore this friend and I haven't seen him since our wedding, but I am choosing Jeremy because I want to be more rested and less stressed come Charleston because he has gotten me so exhausted for a month and I'm choosing our holiday over Thanksgiving looking ahead a couple weeks again to being more rested and less behind. I wouldn't say less I wouldn't say ahead, but less behind. So from 5:30 to 9:30, I sit in my hotel room and I do this blend of business and personal. I'm organizing a sauna, which again as our project management system, I put both my business and personal on there. So if I need to get my mom a wedding photo for the Christmas card, I put that on my Asana. It is also one of my task lists. So oftentimes when I'm organizing Asana, it is a balance of it's part work, part personal. Same thing with email. I go in there, half my emails are business, half of them are personal. Um, We get a crazy email applying for a job that we haven't even posted. The person doesn't know that we are applying for this, that we are posting this job. They just send an email out of nowhere and are like, hey, I would love to do this role on your team. And I email Franklin, like all capitals, like, look at this email. Like, how did this person know um, that we are interested? So anyways, in the meantime, I'm delegating a bunch of stuff on Asana, sending things off to different people on my team. I am avoiding a bunch of stuff on Asana because at this point in the night, I'm tired and my willpower is low at night. And I find that there's things that it's just, it might be a little task, but for some reason I have a heaviness around it. And so I just oftentimes at night end up kind of like scanning, dragging and dropping. It's not as productive, but at least I'm getting a little bit of stuff done. I am being interviewed tomorrow. I have not prepped for that. I was going to shower tonight so that I could let my hair air dry and save some time getting ready in the morning for that interview. Didn't do that. Um, I texted with a friend who knows the person who applied because I did some Facebook stalking and I found out that we had a friend in common. Um, I've texted some with Franklin about the week. I FaceTimed with Jeremy. I ordered room service. I watched Dancing with the Stars. I cried over James Vanderbeek getting eliminated after finding out that he had a miscarriage in his family. Crying over strangers for a show I have never watched not that out of the norm for me. Um, I am messaging about having a handyman come and um, getting a new rug for my office so I can record podcasts at home. A lot of things like that that I realize are these business personal blends because getting the handyman to come has to do with fixing the door to my office, which has to do with recording the podcast and deciding on a rug. Yes, it's our home, but the reason we are getting a new rug is to have one that is a little bit fluffier to absorb some of the noise to record for podcasts. So whether it is Asana or email or Instagram, I'm realizing tonight that this probably happens more than I realize that I'm still on these platforms. They're not 100% work, but they're also not 100% personal. And that for people who aren't entrepreneurs, perhaps there's more of a separation. When Jeremy comes home from work at night, anything that he is doing out of Asana, because we've added him to my Asana, is his like honeydew list, let's say. It is stuff for home. He truly is off the clock for work and it is very rare that things come up. I realize as an entrepreneur, those two things bleed together a lot more than I realize. I decide that I'm not going to do Instagram tonight. I have a ton of DMs, but I'm just going to leave them. Um, I am not sure tomorrow how I'm going to get ready for this interview, as in like wash hair, makeup, all that, do Instagram and start work when I want to in the morning. But I'm just going to figure that out tomorrow. And I think that has been a vibe of this these few days in Nashville so far is per Scarlett O'Hara, I believe it is, in Gone to the Wind. 
I'll think about it tomorrow. Um, it's just there's only so much energy to work and to plan. And that is really tough when we're behind. Like I wish we were ahead or even just on time, on track, but we're simply not. And, you know, I can look back and see that that is partially my decision to make this Elegant Excellence journal back in June that is still kicking my butt. But realizing it's even beyond that, the tech issues in our business that, again, I referenced email. There's been other ones. If you are an entrepreneur, we can have have those conversations inside the mastermind where it is more applicable to some of you. Um, you may have listened to my apology podcast back in July, realizing a lot of things that had happened behind the scenes of my business with someone that I had trusted. So there's a lot of things throughout the year on the business side that have led to it being the end of November. And I am working really hard and still feeling behind. And I just imagine that I'm not alone in being in that place some years. It's not how I am every single November, but it is how I am this year. And it's important to me to be honest about that because I never want to make it seem any easier than it is behind the scenes. Though I also want to acknowledge that it has not been my norm for the last couple of years to be working nights and weekends, but it is right now. So I am off to read my um, novel I'm reading right now about Alva Vanderbilt and fall quickly asleep with the skyline of downtown Nashville outside my window. It is Tuesday morning, and again, I thought I would be working by 8 o'clock, but it was 9 o'clock, and I do this a lot. <laughs> I am not a morning person. It is hard to roll out as quickly as I think I can, and specifically in the morning, I underestimate how long it'll take me to get ready. I think I'm much faster at that at night, but if I need to wash and do my hair and full makeup, if I am going to church or teaching a live class, or in this case, I'm doing an interview... In the morning, it just takes me longer than I want to admit that I, it is going to take me. So I end up having 40 minutes before I need to leave for this interview. And as I said last night, I didn't have a plan this morning of exactly what I was going to do. So I end up feeling like I should do Instagram. So I write a caption. I post it. I reply to comments. I eat breakfast. And then Franklin and I hop in the car and drive to this interview. So while we're driving, I pitch him an idea about something philanthropic that I would love to do to help families around the holidays. And he says that he loves the heart of it, but he does not think anything that is not our main priority can we say yes to. Jeremy said the same thing when I pitched this to him over brunch a week or two ago. And I know that they are right, but I especially hate sitting on ideas when they can help people. So it just feels so frustrating that I'm like, oh, I know that they're right, but gosh, I really want to be able to do more things. And I just, again, that is essentialism. So I also posted a Q&A for business questions to just try to kind of multitask some time with y'all while we were driving. So we're replying to those, we're replying to Instagram comments. I do the interview um, with the sweetest couple. If y'all know uh, Sean Johnson, Olympic gymnast, and her husband, uh, Andrew East, NFL player. I was on his podcast and they are just the sweetest folks um, in real life. I got to hold their teeny tiny brand new baby, Drew, which got me all sorts of emotional because she is the same age as my new niece, Oakley, who I get to meet over Christmas. But of course, she will seem so much bigger at that point. Um, I got to pet their sweet dog. I mean, it was just a good morning. The interview was great, but I realized as soon as the interview was wrapping up, I didn't say anything about my podcast. <laughs> and that's why I want to start doing podcast interviews is because the best place to find new podcast listeners would be people who already are listening to podcasts. And that is just one of those things. It's like at first I wanted to really beat myself up. Like here I took all of this time out of my schedule to do this thing for my business and then I messed it up. Like I didn't do it as well as I could have done it. 
But I just really worked on reminding myself that this is what happens when you do something for the first time. This is truly the first podcast interview I have done since like 2014. Like it's just not something we say yes to because we haven't had the time. And it's something I want to do more of in 2020. And it just so happened that because this um, Andrew was in Nashville and he's a friend of a friend, um, we just ended up connecting and it just seemed like something I would say yes to right now. But I needed to look at it not as, oh, I messed up that one thing, but okay, great. I got the first one under my belt. And now I will always remember that from here on out. And um, we'll, you know, I'm out of practice because I haven't done it. So I now will, I guarantee you from here on out, I will never again forget that. And that is the win. So we drive back to Franklin's, we reply to more cues um, in comments and more Q&As. And then he goes to teach to prep for and teach a call for our mastermind students. While I go to a restaurant across the street and I have lunch, I post Instagram stories, reply to comments, I have lots of DMs. 45 minutes later, I realize it's been an hour and a half or two today on Instagram, some of which was in the car, which is wise multitasking. But twice it was in Windows when I thought I might be working on something else. And again, we never schedule Instagram and it becomes this pain point because I end up either doing it on off hours or feeling behind on it or doing it and then feeling like I'm behind on something else. But I realized we actually had scheduled a longer time for the interview than it took. So all told, I'm not that behind, but I am feeling really tired. And that is bumming me out because I hoped that if I rested over the weekend, which I shared about in the last podcast, and I kind of, I had this great interview, I feel would feel buzz off of that, off of jamming with another entrepreneur and getting things done. But I think my energy can kind of feel hit or miss when I'm away from home and the office and my routine. Maybe I'll try to pay attention to that more this week, but it also just might be hit or miss in life. Some days I'm sort of more in the flow and some days I have less energy. And because I'm actually pausing to write it down, I'm being more aware as opposed to it just sort of being a subconscious thought. So I went into my email inbox, honestly, because I was avoiding other things. There was other things I should have been doing, but sometimes I don't know why. I just am feeling resistant to certain things. And so you end up being like, well, this isn't quite the priority, but it's something else that sort of feels productive. So I go in there and yet because of avoiding other things, I do some tasks in there that I had been avoiding. So ultimately it works out. I replied uh, to Brides, who is publishing our wedding and an executive coach that I hired. And I gave notes on Christmas cards that we're sending to our mastermind students, which sounds like a simple and lovely task. But ye gads, the number of questions that come up when you try to delegate something like that. I had to cover like, where do we find the addresses for our students? Do we reach out to them to see if their addresses changed because it's been eight months since we gathered those? What is postage like for overseas? Which envelope do we want? Which return address do we want on the back? So I'm delegating the task, but with a ton of notes. So ultimately, yes, a little bit of the time is for sure saved with my incredible um, assistant, Crystal. But I also realize a task like that is just not something that I can ultimately delegate. I had to pick the photo. I had to pick the style just because I care about those things. I had to write the note on the back. And when they arrive, I will, Jeremy and I will sign them and I will stuff them, get them out because my assistant isn't in person. Um, so realizing a little task actually, again, takes a lot more time than you think. So um, again, I do some business personal things back and forth. Um, I'm working with my assistant on some things for our gallery wall, which is kind of business and personal because it's in my office. So it's my teaching background, which you will see on the live workshops this week. So just kind of miscellaneous stuff, but I get a few things off the list. So I head over to Franklin's when he's off of our uh, call with our mastermind students. 
And then the kids are there. He's got three little ones that I adore. So we're kind of playing with the kids and we're just having some general conversation. We are having some work conversation. Like we're doing things, but we're not checking things off the list. We go out to his office for a little while planning to work. Um, and we end up spending some great time brainstorming. We're still going over these surveys. We are still having questions that suggestions that the current mastermind students brought up that we're trying to figure out how exactly could we do that. So we go through another chunk of time where we are working, we are getting stuff done, but nothing is being crossed off the list. We're just like moving a couple inches forward closer to the um to the goal line. Then it's time for dinner. Then it's time for bedtime. So once the kids go down, we're at his kitchen table with his wife and I'm realizing, oh yeah, it's Tuesday night. I've got to write the podcast email. And when things happen last minute, it just feels like it can be harder to make decisions. I go back to like, do I make this podcast email long or short? Do I put a lot of content in here so that the email is really you know, meaty or do I make it short? Because it's just a quick reminder to get you to click through to the podcast. Then I go back to, do you want these Wednesday podcast emails? Is this your reminder to go and listen to the podcast and you would be bummed if they weren't there? Or ultimately, are you just over listening on the app anyways? So that's an unnecessary email that I'm writing every week. I don't know the answers to these, to these questions. We would have to do a lot more deep diving. And these are not questions I'm asking for the first time, but they tend to come up when you're tired and when you're behind and you're stressed and you just start second guessing things more. Um, I have to decide on the title for the episode. If you were following me on Instagram, I was polling um, Franklin's wife, Jess, on, okay, Jess, which of these three titles for the podcast would you be most likely to listen to? Um, we had some audio issues because there was a miscommunication. I hadn't approved something. And um, then we have to figure out which email provider do we send through. As you heard, we've been having email issues and you know, we could send to just part of our list through this new server, but then we would have to wait another day or do we, I mean, all of these elements. Then we move on to uh, brainstorming the uh, registration page for the workshop because we are going to teach two different workshops, which is not something that I normally would do. But because the journal is a new thing, I feel really strongly that I want to make sure I teach something that applies to absolutely everyone. But I also have very specific teaching for entrepreneurs that isn't included in the journal because it is for everyone. So I wanted to teach two workshops. And this is um, you, this is the fifth year, I will have been teaching something on goal setting and vision casting. But previously, it was all combined all together. And therefore, it's way simpler and way clearer. This time, basically, I'm teaching two separate workshops. And therefore, we're having to figure out how do we do that on one page? How do we communicate all of that to you on one page? So it's nine o'clock by the time I get in the car, get an Uber and drive back to the hotel. 12 hours after I started working, I listened to a podcast uh, called The Daily, which is where I get my little daily news fix. I FaceTime Jeremy. I pack because I'm going to Charleston the next day. Um, the podcast I was listening to was talking about news in relation to WeWork and their sort of incredibly high valuation that they got at one point and then how it all kind of came crashing down. And those kind of stories always terrify me, and I, I want to listen to them, even if I have zero desire to ever be as big as someone like a WeWork. We still are are all entrepreneurs, in, in you know myself and whatever big company I'm listening to, and so it always makes me question: like, am I doing everything right? What did they do wrong? And c would I make a similar decision, or what can I learn from this? So I'm listening to a news app, but of course, it turns out that today's is actually still about business. So ultimately, my day felt okay. I didn't get a ton off my list. It felt really choppy, bopping around, having that interview, having the kids, all of that. I definitely do better when I am in the zone 
like I was the day before when I had six and a half hours in one location on one project and I could just keep going. I'm a little nervous because tomorrow my day ends at 2.30 really when I need to to head to the airport. So I'm hoping that I can stay motivated and keep doing stuff at the airport and on the plane. And I'm hoping that Thursday and Friday I am able to get back in the zone. So we will see. It is Wednesday morning, my last morning in Nashville, and I slept nine hours last night, which still surprises me whenever it happens. One of my colleagues sleeps six hours a night, and man, am I jealous of that. Like, that's just naturally when her body wakes up, and I was just like, Jasmine, if I only had to get six hours of sleep, like, what could I accomplish in the world? You have two to three more hours a day when your body is just like naturally doing stuff, but... I just have to honor that our bodies are all different and I am someone who needs eight to nine hours of sleep even when I've been getting great sleep here and it's it's like after five nights, I'm still sleeping nine hours. So when I get busy, I am always debating with myself, do I let myself get full sleep? Do I set my alarm for eight o'clock or do I let my body wake up naturally? I know those of you with little kids want to like punch me in the nose right now that you're like, yeah, right, that I could get that amount of sleep. But I do not have kids. And so for me, it is a thing that I'm always going back to of, do I let myself get sleep or do I get up and 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 push through work? And that, regardless of whether you have little people around, I think we can all empathize with that push and pull of when do I rest and when do I work? And for me, it is this like obsession with sleep. And then I realized Wednesday morning, oh, right, the podcast went up. Shoot, I didn't prep anything for Instagram. So I write an Instagram caption. I go hunt down some photo that would go with this caption because you know I wasn't prepped for that. I post it. I do stories from yesterday. I reply to comments. Again, it's almost an hour. And again, I thought I would be working at 8.30 because I didn't account for that hour of Instagram. We are starting to see a rhythm here. So I throw on my sweatsuit. Um, As I noted yesterday, when I have to take that time to get ready, that is a real game changer in my schedule. So as often as I can, I have days like today where there's no washing or doing my hair. I put on like super, super light makeup, like foundation, under eye concealer, eyebrows, and I am really into these sweatsuit outfits lately, guys. Um, So I know it's going to be a long day. It'll be late by the time we check into our Airbnb. So I've just decided to like lean into it. I'm continuing the daily podcast, which is that news podcast that I was listening to um, the day before I had been listening to um, worship music to get ready. And I had been listening to podcast episodes of the podcast I was going to be on to prep for it a little bit um, last minute. And today I am back in Newsland. So um, at 9.30, I am down in the lobby again, same table I've been at for every single breakfast in a row here, um, doing a few more Instagram stories, then back into the mastermind, reading more feedback, more tweaks, more offer clarity, more sales page, more conversations into who is our ideal client? Who do we want to compel to join this? Who do we want to try to discourage from joining this because we don't feel that they are going to love it? Um, meanwhile, Franklin is working on some job postings. We are hiring for new roles. You can find that link below in the description. And uh, we are discussing those roles. I'm reviewing what he's written. And then we are reading more feedback and doing more office off offer clarity all the way through to 245. So what is that? 10, 11, 12, 1, 2. So five more hours, pretty much still on the same topic predominantly of working on clarity of what is the mastermind. I grab a car to the airport. At the airport, I spend another 45 minutes compiling notes to present to the team on what we've spent the last three days finalizing and determining about the mastermind. This is a challenge often that 
I come up with so much and I don't or can't fill everyone in on the team on every detail, nor can they read my mind. So a year-long mastermind has so many elements, so much complexity. There's so many questions that I've come up with and addressed trying to think through what questions do I think the audience is going to ask? What questions do I think the members, once they join, will ask? What questions do I think the team will ask? And have that all written down so that when someone asks a question March 1, I've already answered it and my team can go back and find that answer for them. Otherwise, what we've realized is that we get into with with an, a, a new and complex product like the Mastermind, every little question that gets asked in the group our team comes and turns around and asks me, and then that just doesn't become you know, a feasible way. So I get on my first flight. I'm listening to a podcast on expectations and failure, and something about it inspires me. And so I pull up my notes app, and I just start typing on my phone, writing some emails to send about the mastermind, explaining different elements of it and different reasons for it. I get some idea of what I want to do in the mastermind that gets me so excited that I am moved to tears. Um, totally a normal thing for me so that I'm like wiping away tears of joy on the plane because I'm like, ah, oh, won't it be amazing if we can, you know, do this. So on the layover, I finish the podcast. I get on another plane, listen to more podcasts. I switch over at this point in the night to just like random lifestyle fun instead of sort of work or inspirational podcasts. I meet Jeremy in Charleston. We drive to our Airbnb, which is about an hour from the airport. And we realize as we are getting ready for bed that he has left his laptop on the plane. So I start thinking through, okay, how much work can I do from my phone if he uses his computer because we're here for two days? Meanwhile, I can't find the Wi-Fi password anywhere. I'm messaging them, but it's late at night. Um, we don't have good cell service, so we're like struggling to get online. We finally just decided to like give up, go to bed. We'll figure it out tomorrow. But I realize that it really has been three full days of working on this mastermind offer with a bit of the journal, these live workshops I'm teaching this week some job postings and the podcast, and a heck of a lot of Instagram. And I feel okay about that. Um, I, I think finding that the mastermind and Instagram, my biggest takeaways are just that I really underestimated the time that I would spend on them. Um, and that was even with honestly really working nights on um, Monday and Tuesday and still kind of doing stuff on the plane. So that is the end of our Wednesday. And we'll see how I wake up in Charleston tomorrow. I wake up on Thursday morning in our charming little cottage on the ocean. I mean, I say charming because it is like a tiny two-bedroom, but it's also part of a bigger house and it has a pool that overlooks the ocean. I mean, it's just kind of amazing. So I wake up and Jeremy's gone. I like wander around our little house. I look out back. I'm on the porch. I'm like, where is he? I'm looking around for a note. Did he leave a note? Did he text? I still can't get Wi-Fi. I'm reaching out, but it's probably before they have opened. So I'm like, oh, I can't get on Instagram. I can't like, what am I, what do I do with myself? Um, finally, Jeremy calls. He says that he had driven to the airport and he gets his laptop. Hallelujah. Praise Jehovah. But ultimately it is 1030. By the time he gets back, we've heard about Wi-Fi. We go get breakfast and coffee. We come back. And it is around uh, 10.30 when I sit down on our porch and actually start to get to work for the day. So we, I spend three hours watching and compiling testimonial videos. So the, um, our editor who does our video editing is out because of the, um, 
of the Thanksgiving holiday. So I've texted someone else and we're going to be working with someone new. But we have these uh, testimonials. We interviewed our mastermind students when they were down in Nashville, if they wanted to be interviewed about their experience inside the mastermind. And so now I'm compiling those so that people who are interested in the mastermind for 2020 can hear other people's stories and see if it helps them um, decide that the mastermind is right for them. So Jeremy ends up doing the first pass of helping editing these down, um, which is super sweet. That is not what he normally does. But I think sometimes when we are co-working when we are working remotely, there's little ways in which he steps in to help out that are not the norm when he's just off at his office. But we end up having some tech questions. He needs to know if our friend Mitch, who's editing, uses this software or that. So now I'm kind of playing go-between and talking video language that I don't know how to speak. And as I'm going through all of this testimonial footage, I realize someone could have helped me with this. Like, this is not the best use of my time, the way that I'm doing this. But We haven't done a testimonial video for one of our products in like five years. We did one for my style course years ago. So I have to get into the process before I realize, you know what someone could have done is they could have gone ahead and divided out, okay, we sort of asked them three different questions. Here's all the answers to question one, two, and three. Here's the time signatures. But even with that, they could have somewhat organized it, but still, I'm the only one who would really know which stories do I think will help others the most and kind of make that judgment call. So aside from Franklin, I don't have any other marketers or storytellers on the team. Um, I have people that I can say, will you please do steps one through 10? And they will do those steps one through 10. Or will you please organize this and make sure no balls drop? Yes. But we don't really have someone that is, hey, put yourself in the shoes of our student and imagine what it is that they want and need to hear and what they're looking for. So meanwhile, Franklin has a ton on her his plate. That is why we need to hire for this new role that we are posting for so that we have someone else like this on our team. But so I realize I, I for today, I have to do this and I can think of ways in which I could have gotten help and could have made this faster. It's sort of a moot point at this point. And who knows when we will do this again. I think that happens a lot of times within entrepreneurship that you are doing something where you don't necessarily do it all the time. So you're learning lessons, but they don't really feel that satisfying because it's not something that you're going to turn around and do again the next week. So you're like, well, remember this for a year from now and hope that I remember (laughs) that I had this thought. So I do a quick check-in with the team And but then I lose Wi-Fi. So I get knocked off the call. And then I realize, okay, wait, sorry, do we even need to be having this meeting? So we had canceled the meeting like 10 minutes before. Franklin was like, I don't think we need to have this meeting. But our business manager, Kim, didn't see that. So the so the rest of the team still got on. And then we're like, hey, Franklin, Hillary, where are you guys? So We're like, okay, I guess we're having this meeting. So we get on Zoom video chat and we're just having a hard time balancing when we are this busy of being hyper-organized or just rolling with it. Like Thursdays, we usually have meetings. So it's already organized. We know what we're doing all throughout the day. We have our different groupings of meetings. But um, Kim thought I was on vacation down here. And so she just canceled the meetings. And I was like, oh, no, that we miscommunicated. I'm definitely not on vacation. Like I you know, would love to be, but we don't have time for that. So I'm definitely here working all day. But there was a miscommunication in that Franklin and I said, hey, because we're so tight on time from now until the end of the year, let's just be really specific in our meetings. Let's not just generally get on a executive team meeting or a general team meeting, 
let's say we're going to get on a meeting to work on this exact page. Um, but I get the sense, if you can picture, it's like we are all running a marathon and we're running so fast that we're breathing really hard that it's like we don't have enough breath to really communicate super well, if you can envision that. That's the phase that I feel like we're in. We're all working hard and we're doing our best to communicate. But when you're that tired and you're running at heart, sometimes it's literally just feels hard to like get the sentences out. So what we decide is, OK, we're Hillary got, lost her Wi-Fi. Let's take that as a sign. We're not going to get back on this call. It's like it was a pattern interrupt that allowed Kim and Franklin and I to be like, hey, while we're waiting for her video to boot back up, um, do we need to be on this meeting right now? So we literally get a few minutes into the meeting, cancel the whole thing, decide that Kim and Franklin are going to go work on the calendar to get organized while I keep doing the content. So they're getting organized. I'm working on these videos. They also get on with our Facebook ads team. I stay working on content with the videos. We have a lot more strength and depth on our team on the operations and data side, which is great. But we are more have a more shallow bench on our content and marketing side. So that really is just um, Franklin and I. And these these three pillars of business, I talk about more inside the um, video about the mastermind because it really is a lot of how I look at my own business is there are these three pillars this will apply if you are an entrepreneur and you take a look at that. But just giving you an inside um, look at there are these different buckets of business and based on who do we have, whose strengths, who are the roles on the team, there's times when I'm, you know, I'm the only one that is able to work on something or I really am having to spread across all three or I'm having to delegate and trust another area because I can't be in three places at once. But for all of this, I am sitting on our screened-in porch, watching the ocean, overlooking the pool, listening to the waves. I'm wearing a sweater and jeans, like barefoot with a hot latte in November. I mean, it's a it's a pretty magical scene. I feel like I'm in a Michelle Pfeiffer movie or something. So I we came down to Charleston because we are just starting to ponder where could we live someday. Uh, we are in no rush to leave New York City. We have no idea if we ever will. We just don't have any idea of where else we would even go. So we just decided long before we are ever thinking about that, we'll just start to visit. And we'll visit at times that aren't the idyllic time. Like, let's visit places in as they get into winter or as they're really in the heat of summer. Let's not just go when you would go during the normal vacation times and get a sense a bit more for like, what would it really be like to be there and not just vacation there? Meanwhile, I am eating shrimp and grits. And oh my gosh, it is so good. It has bacon and cheese, and I am trying to avoid dairy, but I'm eating way more gluten and dairy while I'm traveling this week. Um, but I'm really, I had no idea that I love shrimp and grits so much. Um, so then I, again, have audio issues trying to call into Zoom to get on yet another meeting. And that is truly a challenge sometimes in traveling. It is one of the reasons why I really prefer not to be doing, quote, office days while I'm traveling, which is when I'm getting on a lot of meetings. That wasn't the plan when we booked this trip, but that is just what is needed now. So we are having to run with, hey, why does the electricity keep flickering and I keep losing my Wi-Fi signal? So we end up having a 90-minute call to go over our priorities, our calendar, lots of small questions about the mastermind, like um, how are we shipping our welcome packets to the mastermind? So we write personal notes and how long do we estimate that taking um, based on how many people we estimate joining. And do we we have textbooks that we send to our mastermind? Do we send those separately from a fulfillment center or and then have 
the handwritten notes be sent separately or do we try to get them all together? Do we, you know, like are we having somebody on our team ship them out or using a fulfillment center? We have uh, workbooks that go along with our signature course, Elegant Excellence. That is the foundation that everyone in the mastermind walks through. So we have some old elements that now are inside the Elegant Excellence journal. So we need to edit that. Do I need to look at that? Can someone else edit it for me? Spoiler alert, usually I need to edit that. How long do those take to ship? Can we wait until applications close so we know exactly how many we need? Or do we need to guess ahead of time? When do we want them to arrive? How long does it take to order? How long does it take to ship? There's so many tiny details that we're trying to get through. Um, Meanwhile, Jeremy is editing that first pass of the testimonial video, which is so sweet of him. And um, we kind of regroup together at 3.30 and decide, okay, let's work until 5 and then we'll take a sunset walk then dinner, then we'll go to bed early and we'll get up earlier tomorrow, which is what we say basically every single night. Like we are forever dreaming about how we're going to get to bed earlier and get up earlier because we both feel more productive in the morning. So this is just a common refrain and it is not surprising that it's 3.30 and we're being like, okay, so we're going to get to bed earlier and then we're going to wake up tomorrow and we're going to hit the ground running again. Um, So in the meantime, I do some more editing. I'm taking all of the other footage that is going to go into the commercial um, from different events and things like that um, into the video on the sales page and labeling it for the editor because they don't know what's what. They don't know what the story is. This is the first time using him. He doesn't know what the product is, so he can't make a appropriate video for a product that he doesn't understand. But I can't really explain the whole product to him and the marketing. Like, he's not a marketer. That's not really fair to ask of him. So instead, I need to be really specific with, here's the kind of videos I want. Here's the kind of story that I want to tell. And I'm really having to art direct the commercial in giving it to him to then edit. So five o'clock, we finally decide to take a, a walk on the beach at sunset. We have dinner. We watch The Crown. We make s'mores. If you guys were following along in Charleston, I mean, I... I've already said this. I've never received more DMs about anything in my life than your all's love for s'mores and all of your amazing s'mores recipes. So thank you. Um, I read and I go to bed. So ultimately, I ended work a little earlier than normal. And then I did less stuff online after. I really didn't work again that night. And that's part of the reason that we came because travel forces us into a healthier work-life balance. And I felt that was really important After that, especially exhausting six weeks. So I feel really great about that. And I realize about today that I would never have allotted the amount of time for that testimonial video, which happens a lot. (laughs) Today was one of those, you know, out of out of out of five things, which must be done first. I decided it was the testimonial video, and I have to hope that I made the right decision because by the end of the day, that is the only thing that I got done. But I trust that it will be beautiful. Their stories are amazing. And for those of you that it is applicable to, you will absolutely love and be grateful for this thing that we are putting together for you. All right, last day in Charleston is tomorrow. It is Friday morning, our last day of this Week in the Life journey, and waking up in beautiful Charleston, spending another hour-ish on Instagram, comments, DMs, stories. As I mentioned, I'm posting a little more often because I'm prepping for likes disappearing. And so whereas normally I would want to drive more traffic to existing posts, now I've just been playing with posting something and not worrying about, well, I already posted something today. Maybe I should let that sit a little bit longer. So I'm just, I'm feeling less stressed about it, which is just feeling really nice. I didn't realize that that's some, something that I was doing. I didn't even notice it was the way I was thinking until 
I started to prep for the likes going away and realized, oh, this actually gives me more freedom. So I'm excited about that. We have breakfast. Again, it's a slower start today as we, you know, go grab breakfast, get coffee, bring it back to the house. But I believe, again, that that balance is healthy right now to be pacing myself. So at 1030, I start working. And then I realize as I wrote these notes, like, wait a minute, girl, you're doing it again. You you've already worked for an hour. You did an hour on Instagram. It's not 1030 and you're just now starting work. You did an hour of work. You just don't actually account it for yourself. So I wonder what that is for you. What do you keep pushing off for yourself or brushing off without acknowledging you did this thing for yourself, whether that was self-care or exercise or quality time or something for your business. So I review the testimonial video that Jeremy edited together yesterday. I then give a bunch of directions for the editor and I'm organizing the footage for the commercial. I'm finishing the script for the commercial that I'm going to film when we get back to New York. I'm editing the sales page. Um, I'm working on the issue of getting uh, really huge video files from our last editor to our current editor. Um, and I'm you know working around um, coming up with a workaround for filming the video with Jeremy and I on Monday, we realize that we don't have the right lens for what we need to film. So there's just a lot of like technical elements that are going into it. But overall, I'm just continuing to still work on the mastermind. And it's all these different angles at it, but it's still the same offer that everything is going into. And that's the first four hours. Right. Make a little note in my journal about all that. Three more hours, same thing. I'm timing the commercial script. I'm doing strike throughs in the uh, testimonial rough cut to say, can you take out this? Can you do this? I'm coordinating between the editors. And by 5.30, at the end of the final day of the week, I kind of regroup on what, what did I not do this week that I was determined to get done? Well, I still have one and a half workshops to create. I haven't done the opt-in page where you can register for those. I didn't send an email for our open job postings which, because I had to approve all of those job postings. I had planned to uh, prepare three podcasts, of which this is one. And then I'm waiting back for notes on two other things that I'll want to pass on as soon as I get them. So there is a lot that I didn't get to. And this happens all the time. I worked really hard. And I can see that because I tracked my time this week. I think a lot of times I can beat myself up for, man, how is it Friday evening and I didn't get this stuff done? What I really appreciated about this week, and you might try in tracking your own week in a life at some point, is it really allows me to see just how hard I worked, how I was not going down rabbit holes. I just had more on my plate than I could do. It just wasn't possible in the time that I allotted unless I had more help because it wasn't an issue of my working on the wrong things or not working fast enough or hard enough. Things were just bigger and there was a lot of things where I could have delegated if I had the right person, but we just didn't have that role on the team or if I'd had the experience to know how to do something faster. But the reality is when I'm doing something for the first time, I don't have that experience. So I can't beat myself up for that. Or if I had more spaciousness to do it when inspiration struck and when I was in flow. And I, that is something that I am working more towards in 2020 because that does feel a little bit more like something I can try to control that if I actually am just in flow, the workshop just pours out of me. It's so easy for me to teach and create content. But when I'm on a deadline and I'm looking at the clock and this needed to be done yesterday, I, I it, it feels harder. It's like, you know, creativity on demand as opposed to 
creativity when inspiration strikes. So that is one area that I you know, could have made the week differently. But as far as what I had available to me this week, I know that I worked as hard as I could. And so I have to work through that. I'm disappointed that I didn't get these things done, but I'm not disappointed in myself because I see that I truly did my best with what I had in front of me. And ultimately, I think that we'll be okay. It does mean that Monday, Tuesday are going to be super full when I get back to New York. We have a short week with Thanksgiving. Makes my stomach a little anxious thinking about it because I don't love going back into kind of that power mode. But again, as I did this week, I will just do what I can do. And somehow through eight years of running this business, no one has died or gone hungry on my watch. So at the end of the day, I do find a way to make it work. So that is the end of my week in a life recap. What did I learn? I have three things that were my takeaways and questions for you. Number one is that Instagram is hard for me because it is morning, nights, and weekends that are the best times to post, that it really feels like when you you are most active on the app. And I don't have a good workaround for that. Jeremy and I have been talking about this for a while. This is not a new revelation. It just was a, you know, five degrees more clear, one degree more clear after seeing how it happens every single morning or it is what I'm working on at night or or feeling like, oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to work on this tonight, but am I going to feel guilty tomorrow? My best idea so far is trying to free me up to work less during certain work hours. Like let's say we tried, I work half days on Fridays. I don't know if that would make a difference, but would that shift to, okay, Hillary, you spend some nights and mornings and weekends working, but you aren't working 24-7. You have another time in your week when you're like, this is my time when I read books and watch documentaries and go to coffee with girlfriends, things that I'm you know, maybe not doing at other times. I don't know if that will make a difference, but it's an idea. I know that delegating isn't an option. I, I'm never going to, I don't ever envision a time when someone else is going to post on Instagram for me. Um, so the only thing I can think of is that it's working less elsewhere in my business in areas that I can delegate so that there is more spaciousness and um, less resentment around that time when I do the things that only I can do. I don't have the full answer for it, but I have a next step. We are hiring for a role which would help in freeing up some of my availability. Um, it's also why we are doing the mastermind in 2020. We're making the decision to be really consistent for a full year with a smaller group of entrepreneurs rather than doing multiple launches and products throughout the year. So there will only be uh, predominantly this way to work with me and get my coaching and spend time with me, but it's going to allow me to go deeper with a smaller group, which ultimately means for less, quote, office days, as I call them, and more creative days so that simultaneously I can be writing the book, which I believe will help more people. So I'll be able to help less entrepreneurs in 2020, but I'll be able to help more humans in writing the book. And so that is part of our decision and moving forward. So my question for you is, what is the number one time allotment you aren't noticing? And what's one next step you could take or try? What's the number one time suck that you just aren't acknowledging and you may not be able to completely alleviate or fix it, but what is a next step to take or try? Number two is wildly underestimating the time projects will take. Still, after years of knowing this, this is not a new revolution. 
It is partially why I created the Elegant Excellence Journal because I know that I need more help and assistance myself in this, but that is not going to be a silver bullet. It's not like I'm going to have this journal and you're going to have this journal and suddenly we are never going to underestimate the amount of time it takes. It is it is about micro changes. We talk about those on the podcast. We will talk about them inside the mastermind that essentialism, doing less is so hard because we have so many ideas. We have so many opportunities in this day and age. But self-awareness is a small win. So I am fighting now with that self-awareness for a different season in a couple of months. That change can't always be immediate. We talked in last week's episode about sometimes realizing you want to change, but needing to be patient that that can't happen today but you can begin the intention and laying the foundation today. So my question for you is, do you relate? Do you feel like you underestimate the time projects will take and you have too much on your plate? Number one, I would encourage you to get the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal. If you don't have it, I will link that below. Number two, if you are an entrepreneur, I would strongly recommend that you apply for the Elegant Excellence Mastermind and that you are in a community where we are working through this together. And number three, keep listening to the podcast. You are not alone and you will notice this is so much of what I talk about in different areas is how do we do things better? How do we keep growing? How do we keep changing? Not believing that it is going to be a overnight change, but realizing that ultimately we have so much more shame and guilt over things than we actually should, but we also don't want to be stuck in them. And so how can we begin moving forward uh, bit by bit? And number three, as I know, containers create balance. You know, if everything is important, nothing is important. If everything is a priority, nothing is a priority. If you have no deadlines, everything bleeds together. So in work, deadlines are really healthy. And as an entrepreneur who is the boss of me and who is the one who comes up with these deadlines, I know working on a deadline really helps me. If I don't have deadlines, things just take longer and longer. So travel is like that for my personal life. All Saturday and Sunday in Charleston, we just explored. We spent way more time talking as a couple than we would in a normal weekend. We spent less time on our screens. We weren't watching any TV or movies together. Neither of us was really on Instagram. We weren't listening to our own podcasts. So for you, if it's not travel, what is it? Is it taking day trips or having screen-free Saturdays or a date night or a morning routine. For me, I don't have a morning routine. We don't have a regular date night. We don't do screen-free Saturdays. Mine are these bigger blocks like weeks working remotely or a weekend away partially working remotely. But find what it is that works in your lifestyle to create those containers rather than allowing your seven days every single week, every single month to bleed all together. It takes a lot more willpower to be trying to fight for, okay, I'm going to shut off at this time. Okay, I'm going to be present. Then when you actually are just like, you know what? We're at Disneyland for the day. Mama's going to be present with the kids. (laughs) It doesn't take any willpower to do that where it does if you are simply, you know, at home on that Saturday and you're just so used to picking up your phone and going back to it. So what can you do for yourself to create those containers um, throughout your days, your weeks, and your months. And sneak peek, when we unveil the mastermind, which will be tomorrow, if you were listening to this the day it goes live, I want to let you know we are putting in three 
in-person holidays and hangouts exclusively available to members of the mastermind. So if you are looking for some of that structure in your year and the ability to set aside some time to get away, to spend time with other entrepreneurs, to have a business trip and get your husband to watch the kids so that you can just go and be present to tell your team that you you know won't be answering emails for a couple of days, but feel really fulfilled and refreshed because you are going and just pouring into this creative time for your business, then you will definitely want to check those out. Uh, I cannot wait for you to see where we are going and hanging out and hear more about it. So that is all for today. I hope this inspired you to see your days and weeks with fresh eyes. I would love to know any other questions that come up for you. And I hope that I will see you on the live workshop this week. You can get the link for those below. I'll see you there with grace and gumption. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is the novel I was reading while I was away. It is called A Well-Behaved Woman, and it is by the author who also did the book Z. Z was about Zelda Fitzgerald, F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife, and this is about Alva Vanderbilt of the Vanderbilt um, Society family here in New York. Guys, I am a really harsh critic when it comes to books. I think I may have said this before in a uh, PS, but I'm just realizing that it is harder and harder for me to want to give a novel five stars. (laughs) Um, This book, however, was not fluffy. You know, I've read some that are just like super just light and whatever, and that's okay on occasion. But this one wasn't flight. It was fluffy. It was not terrifying. It wasn't a thriller where people were dying or I was afraid people were going to be attacked, nor was it depressing. Gosh, I've picked up a lot of depressing books. I keep saying to Jeremy, like, well, so-and-so just like this character cheated on their husband again. He's like, oh, my gosh, why do you keep reading these books about affairs? I'm like, I didn't know it was. I'm like, well, so-and-so just died. He's like, why is there so much death in your novels? So this one was not depressing. Um, And it was educational, but entertaining. It is historical fiction. So gosh, I learned so much, but it was totally a page turner. I was like reading way too late at night because I was like, I want to know how it ends. So that is one thing that I am loving. It is called A Well-Behaved Woman. I will link it below. And I am also loving our gallery wall. You may have seen a sneak peek on Instagram, but just one of those things when you move into an apartment, we ordered a piece of art. I mentioned this before, I think on a PS, when it arrived, we didn't care for it. So we returned the piece of art. The other one was going to take forever to get here. It finally arrived. We finally got this up and it is just in time because I am teaching these live workshops tomorrow and Friday on designing your life and for entrepreneurs designing your business. I'm going through two core uh, principles and tools inside the Elegant Excellence Journal that are not covered um The business one is not covered in the journal because the journal is for everyone. So if you are an entrepreneur or you know an entrepreneur, be sure to be present on that one. You will not want to miss it. And then designing your life is for everyone. You do not have to own the journal to be able to take advantage of and appreciate these concepts. Though if you have ordered yours and it is on the way, this will help enrich and enlighten those uh, that tool even more when it arrives. So swipe up um, below to save your seat and I will see you live tomorrow and Friday. Can't wait. Till next Wednesday.